0: Welcome to Doc Talk, starring Doc Manson from DDTPOT.com. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. No, your ears do not deceive you. This is the one, the only Doc Manson. That's right, at Doc Manson on Twitter. I am here with the first ever edition of the Doc Talk podcast. So, earlier tonight, I was on Twitter. I said, huh, I have a hankering. I have a longing deep within the cockles of my heart. I said to myself, self, I want to record a podcast. And there's nothing that I'd like to do more than to record that podcast with my good friend and usual co-host, D.C. Matthews, at D.C. Matthews, N.A.I. My partner in crime, the other half, the person who... Completes DDT Wrestling, the wonderful wrestling podcast that you hear on a weekly basis. But alas, he says that he would rather record tomorrow night on our usual recording night. So that leaves old Doc Manson without a partner. So what am I going to do tonight? I'm going to talk about the thing that has got me itching, the thing that has me wanting to cast pods, even though DC Matthews wants nothing to do with it. That's right, tonight, Doc Manson gets to talk about what he wants to talk about. And surprise, it's something that makes him very angry. So, this week, I could not help but notice that on Twitter, I noticed several different users, uh, you know, new age insiders, not uh, least of all, but several as well, that put up a poll. And in that poll, they asked, which brand won the week? This has been a hot topic ever since the brand split, I suspect. Which brand, Raw or SmackDown has had the better show on a weekly basis ever since the brand split several weeks ago. And I honestly cannot believe my eyes. I, I I go, I go to those polls, I click my answer, and what do I see? Doc Manson sees that pretty much in all cases, doesn't matter which poll I look at, it's about two thirds in favor of Raw, one third in favor of SmackDown. Well How is that even possible? Are we watching the same shows? You know what? Feel free to drop me an email. ddtwrestling at gmail.com. Maybe we're not watching the same shows. I have no idea. But what I do know is that I'm a scientist. What I know is that my PhD says I have to apply the sweet, sweet science. And that is exactly what I have done. What I have done is I've created a spreadsheet here, and then what I've done is I've listed every single segment on both Raw and SmackDown, and then what I do is i created a scoring matrix. Basically, what I have here is every single segment from both Raw and SmackDown, and I have come up with these categories, these different ways that we can score what we saw to attempt to try to quantify exactly how much enjoyment old Doc Manson here, got out of each one of these shows. So here we go. Applying the sweet, sweet science to Raw and SmackDown to determine, indisputably, which one of these shows was superior this past week. All right. Before I start with Raw, let me explain to you the scoring system. Again, written down every segment. For each segment, I am going to give a score, assign a score, depending on whether or not this segment had anything of interest in terms of developing someone's character. That's category number one, character. Category number two, did this segment in some way further... A broad-level storyline. Did this do something to move the needle on something interesting? Is this doing something in a storyline sense for Doc Manson? Category 3. Wrestling. Pure wrestling. Was this an enjoyable wrestling match, or was there enjoyable action? Was there something physical about it? Was there something just pure athleticism on display? Just wrestling, just wrestling. Is there something about this segment in terms of wrestling? That's category three. Category four, sort of the tilt category, if you will. I just have it marked down as silly. Wrestle silly. You know me and DC Matthews, we love ourselves some wrestle silly. So was there anything going on in this segment that, you know, for some reason... I found enjoyable. Maybe it's not the traditional. Maybe it's not serious. Definitely not serious. But was there something? There was. Some, was there something to take away from that segment that made me laugh, that made me smile? Those, you know, it's the complete polar opposite, probably, from those real serious, excellent wrestling matches. But you know, that's worth something too. So, was there something? Wrestle silly, to ignite my brain. That's wrestle. That is category number four. So. What I'm going to do here is I'm not going to get crazy with the scoring, because we'd be here all night hemming and hawing over well, was that a was that a two or was that a, a seven or was that an eight? No, 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 no. No, let me tell you, that is not how science works. No. The way that we're gonna do this, we're gonna put things into, into big old categories. So there's a clear differentiator here. So basically what I'm gonna do, because I do wanna quantify this, I'm gonna assign scores of zero for things that I was pretty meh about, things that did not develop character, things that had nothing to do with moving some greater storyline, things that had no wrestling interest to me whatsoever, that's going to get a zero. I I'm going to assign a score of five to those things where I'm like, meh, you know, take it or leave it. There's something about this I probably like. You know, this is, this is, this is that okay sort of score. Like there was something to this, but you know, it's not It's not a score of 10. 10 being, yeah, I'm in, I'm invested, absolutely. So again, four categories. Category, story, I'm sorry. Character, story, wrestling, silliness. Of those four categories, one of three scores possible. Zero, this kind of stunk, not that interested. Five, four, okay, yeah, all right, something to it not really in love with it, fine. Score of 10 for All Right. I would watch that for the entire show and I would be a happy clam. All right, then what I'm gonna do is, for each segment, I'm going to tally up those scores. Each segment gets a total. And then, at the bottom of the show, once we've gone through every segment of the show, the entire show is going to get a total score, all right? And now, here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. If we do this by segments, it's not exactly fair, is it? Because Raw and SmackDown are not the same amount of time. Raw, because it's three hours long, theoretically gets that many more segments, right? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to standardize the scores at the very end. I'm going to divide Raw's score by 180, because it's a three hour show, so divide it by the amount of minutes in that show, and SmackDown, I'm gonna divide by 120. 120 minutes, two hours long. So I'm gonna get a score per minute. This is gonna be the, the concentration of entertainment that I found in each one of these shows per minute. Okay? But I'm, don't don't worry. Don't worry. I'm not gonna pull the wool over your eyes. This is science after all. I'm gonna give you the raw totals as well. We're gonna get the just the, the the pure scores based off the segments. Plus, we're going to get that concentrated score per minute. And just because I'm a crazy person and why don't we have some more numbers, I'm going to give you the score per segment. Okay? And when we get to the bottom of this, I think what we're going to be able to do is we're going to be able to declare a winner for the week between Raw and SmackDown, which brand is actually better. And once again, just want to preface this by saying, all these polls on Twitter, everybody who's saying that Raw was the better show this week, (laughs) Well, I think you better look at the science. Alright, Raw. Opening segment. Rollins, Reigns, Owens, Cass. In the ring, talking with Corey Graves. You know what? I'm going to rate this, in terms of character development, a 10. You want to know why? Because Kevin Owens was in that ring, and he was laying waste to everybody around him, showing him that... Showing the entire universe, rather, that Kevin Owens belongs in the main event. And, yeah, okay, that may not be any surprise. Is that really character development you're saying? Well, I'm going to say that it is, because Kevin Owens has been languishing in the mid-card on Raw... I mean, in the WWE, even before the brand split for so long now, that I don't really think he really felt like he belonged there anymore. And frankly, you know, everything he was doing around the show as well, on Twitter, getting himself over, talking about all those people, it was a perfect storm, accumulation, and a great performance on Raw. And you know what? Beyond Kevin Owens, I thought that was a really strong showing for Big Cass as well. Now, admittedly, Kevin Owens made that joke about, oh, he can talk, and frankly, I think that joke is about a month or two overdue. we realized Big Cass could talk when Enzo got injured. It wasn't any big surprise, and it kind of felt behind the times. But once again, a strong showing by Big Cass, showing that potentially he has a singles run in him in this company. Storyline-wise, Absolutely another score of 10. Yes, this moved the needle on crowning the new WWE Universal Champion. It created intrigue. I was hopeful. Kevin Owens, big Cass, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins. Yeah, I was pretty sure that Seth Rollins was going to win. Yeah, that's right. I was not able to product that particular outcome. But you know what? I think that this Um, whole segment really served that storyline and it set up more excitement for that segment the fatal four-way that would appear later on in the show so a 10 for story wrestling wise as was an opening segment yeah you know they did have a little brawl at the end but nothing really of interest happened there i'm gonna give that a score of zero and finally in terms of silliness um yeah kevin owens once again gold on the microphone he had some good jokes uh, i liked when he um motioned over to roman reigns saying uh you know making intonating that seth rollins talks a lot or when he made the joke about big Cass saying that he was the biggest dog in the fight. And he kind of just elbowed roman reigns there was some real good funny business going on in there nothing like you know absolutely drop-dead funny or silly, but enough for me to go, okay, there was some silliness in there, there was some entertainment, you're listening to Kevin Owens doing his usual spiel, I'm gonna give that a score of five. So opening segment, total score so far, 25. That's right, a strong opening segment for Raw. Fantastic, they're off to a great start. Next, we move into Neville versus Jericho. All right, character. Ah. Uh, I don't really have any idea what this particular segment does for either Jericho or Neville as a character, so zero. Story. Um, why are they fighting? I'm sure they probably said what sort of beef Jericho and Neville might have for each other, but honestly, I couldn't tell you what it is now. Uh, zero. Wrestling. Ten. Ten. Great match. You know what? I really like that line tamer at the end with Chris Jericho having his knee coming down on the side of Neville's face. I thought that was a really great ending, a great sort of visual moment there, capping off a good back-and-forth match. So, absolutely 10. Um, Silliness. I mean, outside of the fact that Chris Jericho's got some real silly facial hair, I'm going to have to score that a zero. So, uh, segment number two, character story wrestling silly... That gets a total score of 10, based off the strength of the wrestling. Segment 3, Nia Jax versus Haiyan, however you pronounce that, I don't know. Um, Character story, wrestling, silly, zero, 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 zero. Need I say more, this was a worthless squash match. We know everything we need to know about Nia Jax based off of physically looking at her the very first time she appeared on Raw. These continual squash matches do nothing for her. She's not injecting herself into any storylines. There was no wrestling to speak of. It's a squash match. And I don't find anything particularly amusing about these segments either. So a big fat zero for segment number three. Moving right along, Sami Zayn versus Jinder Mahal. Okay, I like Sami Zayn. He's great. But what was he doing facing Jinder Mahal? Was there any sort of build up to this does this do anything for either of their characters this just kind of felt like a match where these two guys were just sort of just pushed in together what the heck is that even about uh, so character uh, zero story zero wrestling you know what I like Sami Zayn Ginger uh, Mahal uh, he held up his side of the bargain that was okay I'll give it a score of five sure why not uh, silliness my tilt factor here Sammy's Jinder Mahal uh, I can't really remember anything even remotely amusing sort of happening in this match so I'm gonna have to go ahead and give that a score of zero so fourth segment we're talking about a score of five this moves us right along to new day and Bailey versus the club and Dana Brooke I'm gonna have to go ho- held I'm gonna have to go ahead rather give the character score of zero this does nothing for anyone involved here bailey being put together with the new day does what for bailey establishing her character on the raw brand what does it do for any sort of storylines any of these people are in why is bailey even with the new day is it just because the two of them like bright colors like what Do they have in common? It really wasn't clear to me. In fact, having Bailey sort of gyrating all around the ring, I mean, it had a certain sort of mm, silliness to it, perhaps, but I can't say that it had any sort of, like, positive reinforcement for her character. In fact, I kind of think it's kind of contrary to that real friendly, naive character of hers. Maybe if she looked less aware of what she was doing. Maybe that would have worked out a little better for me. I, I, I don't know, but I mean, so character, zero, story, they're not actually involved in a story. Bailey faced Dana last week. This was just sort of spinning the wheels for them. New Day Club, um, again, we weren't able to develop their storylines because you threw in Bailey and Dana. So neither one of these groups involved in this segment really got to develop their own stories at all. Um, Charlotte being on commentary also honestly didn't add anything to that for me so a big fat zero on story as well I mean it was an okay wrestling match all those people are pretty uh, you know uh, athletic and involved even Dana I think is doing okay work so I'll give that a score of five Um, and you know my favorite part about the segment was that Dana Brooke came out dressed as a nurse despite the fact that Gallus and Anderson were no longer dressed as doctors I guess so that was kind of amusing. So I'll give that a score of five, uh, for Wrestle Silly bringing that segment score up to a ten. Cesaro so versus Sheamus. Mind you, this is the fourth time we have seen them fight each other. Why? I don't know. Character zero, story zero, wrestling zero. Was it a fine match? Sure, but I've seen it four times and I'm supposed to see it three more times. I couldn't care any less about the wrestling action in this segment. Uh, silliness, again, a zero. Bringing the total score for the Cesaro versus Sheamus segment to zero. Next, we have Braun Strowman versus Americo, Another squash match, just like Nia Jax. I won't bother going through my logic. Zero, 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 zero. Score of zero. Next, Stephanie McMahon has a little confrontation with Paul Heyman. Character development, zero. Stephanie still just comes across as her sort of heelish, but not really committing whatever she is. Paul Heyman is still just the advocate of the beast. Storyline. Ah, uh, you know, I guess I'll give it a five. Okay? Just being generous here. Heyman is a wizard on the microphone and, you know, he, he did manage to make some sort of salient point about Brock Lesnar not really giving a damn about Stephanie McMahon's fines, so... Again, uh, being generous here, score a five. Uh, There was no wrestling, so zero. And no real silliness for me to get behind, so a zero there as well. Total score, five. Titus O'Neil versus Darren Young. I don't know what in the world they are doing with either of those two people. Zeros across the board. And finally, we get us to the fatal four-way in the final segment of the night. Character development, I mean, certainly for Kevin Owens' title win alone, uh, I think that's going to have to give a score of 10. Um, They advanced that Universal Champion storyline. They actually crowned a champion. Um, So on that strength alone, I'm going to give it a 10. But then you had Triple H coming out and inserting himself into the action. And there's a whole bunch of intrigue there. Is this an anti-Stephanie thing? Is this... An anti-Rollins thing? Is this a pro NXT thing? We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen until Triple H speaks his mind possibly next week. So there's a good amount of intrigue there. Definitely move the line on story. That's great set. Great work. Um, 10. Wrestling. 10. Wrestle silliness. Um, None detectable. Zero. So final score of the Fatal 4-Way. Score of 30. So for Raw, that brings a total score across 10 segments of 85. All right. So I'll come back to the uh, the concentrated scores after we go through SmackDown real quickly. All right. So SmackDown opens with a recap of The Miz and Daniel Bryan talking smack last week. Miz comes out to the ring in the very first segment, and he's spewing hot truths. You know what? This is the best The Miz has been maybe in forever he has been so good at playing the heel for so long and getting other people over and you know what suddenly with this daniel bryan situation the miz is putting himself over he's establishing himself as a character on the smackdown brand and it is fantastic to watch he gets for character development a 10 for sure for that opening segment storyline wise You know, there's something going on with Daniel Bryan. There's some intrigue there. Is that going to lead to something? We've heard these rumors that Daniel Bryan might be wrestling in the WWE again. We don't know. So just that alone, I think, is enough to give this segment a 10. And then they brought Ziggler into it. And frankly, okay, I'll be honest. Once Ziggler came into the segment, I think the segment probably became less entertaining than it was before. But they're still setting up a new feud between two new guys and... That's exciting in and of itself. So I think that just, again, the strength of the Daniel Bryan thing gives us a 10. But the fact that we got two new people developing a storyline together, so they both look like credible threats, I think, you know what, that also just greater solidifies my and justifies my giving a 10 for storyline in this segment. Wrestling, yeah, they got into a little bit of a scrap, but, you know, it was nothing that I was interested in. So I'm going to give that a 0. Um, No wrestle silly. Nothing great from The Miz and Maurice here um, in terms of that silliness that we saw a few weeks ago. Them laying out on the talking smack table with Renee Young looking awkward between them. None of that. So that gets a score of zero as well. Opening segment here, a 20. Compared to the opening segment of Raw, five points down. Not a big difference, but definitely they are a little bit behind here. Second segment, Hype Bros versus the VOD villains. You know what? I... I can't really say there was any sort of character development. These people, these two teams are still just who they are. So that's a big score of zero at Goose Egg right there. But you know what? Storyline wise, SmackDown has been setting up this tournament. Where we're trying to establish who is going to be the first tag team champions on the SmackDown brand. And you know, it's not lighting the world on fire, but there's a story being developed there. So I'm going to head to Give that a score of five. A kind of just an okay score. The wrestling in this match, honestly, I like the VOD villains. I think the hype bros can put on a good match. Um, nothing, again, that's going to light the charts on fire, but worth watching. So I'm going to go ahead and give that a score of five. Uh, the same sort of score that I gave to New Day versus the club, right? A solid wrestling match, but nothing, nothing excellent. Uh, wrestle silly. I mean, some people might laugh just looking at at mojo raleigh but you know what nothing intentionally silly here so i'm gonna head to mark that a zero. Second segment a 10 uh smackdown still five points behind compared to the two segments on raw third segment aj styles versus apollo Crews. character development i'm gonna go ahead and give this a 10 aj styles is now the face who runs the place he's running he's wearing that john cena headband and this is a great addition to the Styles character, he's really setting himself as the top heel on the SmackDown brand. He, he's going places right now. And you know what? I'm gonna give a little bit of credit to Apollo Crews' character here as well. We learned that he really likes spelling. Yep, he can spell his name, he can spell punch. You know what? That's more than we had before. He likes to smile, and he likes to spell. So I again, justifies the 10 for this segment. Um, Storyline-wise, again, this is moving the needle for me on AJ Styles. It's not really doing much for Apollo Cruz, but it is, in the background, solidifying AJ Styles as that top heel on the SmackDown brand. So I'm going to go ahead and give this a 10. Wrestling, both of these guys, super athletic. They can go. Apollo Crews, AJ Styles, a great match as far as I'm concerned. 10. Wrestle silliness? Well, I mean, outside of outside of, uh, the headband, which, you know, I don't think that's quite enough to get it up to an okay score. I'm gonna have to go ahead and give this a zero. All right. So that gives us a score from the third segment, very strong, actually, a score of 30. That was a good wrestling encounter for sure. Okay. Then we have this segment where they go to Heath Slater's home for an interview with Mm -hmm. Renee Young. You know what? Um, This is the first major miscalculation I think they've made with the Heath Slater character. So I'm going to have to go ahead and for character rate this one a zero. I don't really think it did anything for me. Storyline-wise, I mean, they did advance the Heath Slater story. So, I mean, I guess I'm going to give that a five. They, They kind of established him again as this sympathetic, character who is also you know, I don't not disgusting, but completely undeserving of your sympathy. So I, I don't know. I mean a 5 is maybe a bit of a stretch, but I'll give it to him. Wrestling, no wrestling, so that's a 0. And then in terms of wrestle silliness, um I don't know if you noticed, but at the end of that segment, Rhino really loved his canned cheese and uh that luck he gave Renee Young was priceless, so I'm gonna have to go ahead and give that a five. I, you know what, it's borderline 10, but again, I, I'm gonna err on the side of caution here. I don't wanna be too generous with my points on SmackDown, so I'm gonna give that a five. Total for that segment, a 10. That moves us right into Orton and Wyatt. Um, I guess you could make an argument there was some character development. I saw all over Twitter, hashtag damaged Randy Orton. Um, so that's something, I guess. We won't talk about Bray Wyatt because he's just doing the same thing he's always done since he's existed. So I'm just going to go ahead and give that segment a five for character. Um, Storyline-wise, I mean, yeah, it's doing something. It's setting up a feud for Orton and Wyatt, but I don't know why I'm supposed to care at all, so I thought just fell flat for me. I'm gonna give that a goose egg, a zero. Um, wrestling, there was no wrestling, they cut to black actually as soon as it looked like they might actually physically interact, so that's a zero. And Wrestle Silly, no, nothing amusing about that segment, so a zero. Uh, a total score of five for Orton and Wyatt. Naomi, Becky, Alexa, and Natty, character five. You know, um, I'm giving them a 5 for character, not because of anything that had to do with the wrestlers in the ring, but because of Carmella's heel turn, which I know technically was last week, but it's fresh enough, it's new enough, that they're reinforcing that character for her, so I'm going to go ahead and give it a 5 because of Carmella's sort of involvement there. Storyline-wise, same thing. There's some intrigue there, to me, around Carmella, and obviously... They are talking about trying to crown a women's champion, so that's going on in the background as well. Nothing too exciting or engaging, but at least worth five points. Um, Wrestling, yeah, solid wrestling match. Nothing to write home about, but again, a solid five. Silliness, nothing I really saw, except if you want to count that they're really trying to paint uh, Nikki Bella, this horrible person, as a face just because she's returning from an injury, Um, but she is... Can I just say on commentary, she is not likable whatsoever. I'm sure DC Matthews will have something to say about that uh, when we talk later this week on DDT Wrestling. I I don't know, but nothing going on in the Salonis category here, so a zero. uh, But it's still a relatively strong segment with a 15, with fives for three of those categories. That moves us on to Headbangers versus Heath and Rhino. Um, character development, Headbangers, first time on WWE programming in what, 10 years, 20 years? I don't know. Um, no character development for them. I didn't really see anything additional for Heath or Rhino, so I'm going to have to go give that a zero. Storyline-wise, uh, I'll give it a five. You know, Heath is able to get a win over the Headbangers here, and he's continuing on his journey to possibly get a contract on SmackDown. Wrestling-wise, you know, solid enough match. I'll give it a 5. And for silliness, you know what? That that registers. I'll give it a 5. At the end of that match, when Rhino just kind of ran in there and dragged Heath Slater all the way back to their corner, got back on the apron, stuck his hand in the ring, and just went, tag me! I laughed. I thought that was pretty good. They have a good sort of dynamic going on, Heath and Rhino. And uh, you know what? That was a good moment. Add that up. That segment got 15 points. Next we have Kane versus the Milkman. Um, You know what? This was a squash. And I gave pretty much all the squashes on Raw zeros across the board. Um, And I'm following suit here for this, except in the silly category. The fact that the Milkman took off all of his clothes. But then when Kane came out, he started trying to get dressed again. Uh, There was... Just a spark of amusement there for me. Uh, so I'm going to have to go ahead and give that one a five. That brings us to our main event. And you know what? There's no way that the main event, Corbin versus Ambrose, is going to light up the boards the way the Fatal 4-Way did on Raw. You know what? just going to say that right now. The, the sheer amount of excitement for that Fatal 4-Way on Raw, having it be for the Universal title, cannot be matched here. But let's look at the science. Let's look at the tale of the numbers, all right? Character. Corbin looked strong in this match. He looked formidable. They're establishing Corbin as a legitimate presence on SmackDown, which is not something that I would have suspected in previous weeks. So I'm going to have to go ahead and give it a 5 for that development. Storyline-wise, you know, we're starting to try to... uh, We're still establishing... I mean, not establishing, but we're continuing... Dean Ambrose's title reign um, making him look like a credible champion AJ Styles out there on commentary obviously you know he's going to be the next competitor for that championship so we got some interaction there Uh, you know nothing super exciting but I'll give that five points as well wrestling Ambrose Corbin you know, solid enough match, nothing special. Wasn't a squash. There's some back and forth. I'll give that five points. And then, in terms of Wrestle Silly, uh, you know, this is actually probably where they gain back a lot of points here. Uh, AJ Styles, at the end of this match, gets hung up on the top rope and he just sits there for an awkwardly long amount of time. You're just looking at him being like, AJ, just, just. Just move. And, you know, I I give him a 10 for that. It was so awkward and long that I was laughing. I thought it was a great, great little moment. And if you looked on Twitter afterwards, apparently AJ Styles stayed on that top rope through the entrances of, like, three other people who were going to be involved in the dark match after SmackDown. He just stayed there the entire time on that top rope crotched. You know, commitment to a bit. That didn't happen on the show, but there was enough on the show, I think, to earn the 10. And if I could count what happened afterwards, you know, I might have to give them a a 20 because that just is the sort of wrestle silly that you don't get to see very much anymore. Uh, So, main event on SmackDown, uh, a 25. So, let's look at the total score for SmackDown, adding up all the segments. Mind you, again, the total for Raw. Pure score here was in 85. Smackdowns total 135 points. What do you say to that? There's the science. I went through every segment. I explained my rationale. There's my point system. Purely based off of points here, based off of character development, story development, wrestling ability, and that you know that that wonderful wrestle silly that we love around here at DDT Wrestling. It's not even close. And then, and then, let's go to those, let's go to those, those, those concentrated scores, the scores per minute. Mind you, those 10 segments on Raw were split across three hours, okay? So 85 points divided by 180 minutes. That gets us .472 repeating points per minute on SmackDown. 120 minutes in that show, 135 points divided by 120 minutes. We're talking about a score of 1.125 points per minute. That's over twice the score per minute on average, as Raw. So I mean, right there, how can you possibly say that SmackDown was less entertaining than Raw, or was the, or was the worst show of the week? Yeah. Something exciting happened in Raw. Something flashy happened. That Universal title got a new holder, and it was somebody who we all really desperately hoped would get it. Kevin Owens winning that title was fantastic. I don't disagree. But when you look at the entire show overall, I don't think there's any comparison here. SmackDown, once again, blows Raw out of the water. Hey, you don't agree? feel free to send me a tweet on Twitter, at Doc Manson. Feel free to send me an email. Maybe I'll address it on the next DDT Wrestling. DDTWrestling at gmail.com. Okay? Go ahead. But you know what? Just, just go with yourselves. Try to, try to think about the science when you're, when you're talking about actually qualitatively, quantitatively judging the wrestling that you're seeing in front of you. Just like I've done here tonight on the first ever edition of the Doc Talk podcast. With that, good folks, I would like to remind you that I am one half of DDT Wrestling, the podcast that I co host with one DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. You can find our podcast, DDT Wrestling, on iTunes or your podcast directory of choice. And I would encourage you to leave a review. Until next time, this has been Doc Talk. Welcome to the Doc Side.